You're listening to Sports and Corks. I'm Emily. And I'm Emily. And we're going to jump into, it's called football time, as anyone who's been on the internet has seen. And it's zero week, which is very exciting. We're pumped. We love college football because it means we are like, what, 100 days until college basketball? Uh, Ish. Yeah, I don't really know. John Rothstein tweeted about it. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, oh, oh man. We're so close. He would, he would definitely know. So, Oh, yeah. He does that whole countdown. So for folks who are college basketball fans, if you're not following John Rothstein, you're missing out on all of the college basketball tea. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but um, until we yeah, get there. The first, the first uh, college football game or slate of games starts on Saturday. Um. We don't have a top 25 game until September 4th. So I guess week and a half-ish. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, the first top 25 game is September 4th, uh, 19th ranked Penn State versus number 12, Wisconsin. And there are also a bunch of other top 25 matchups that day. That just happens to be like the first one of the year. We have the Duke Mail Bowl, which I want to have words with whoever um, came up with that name. I mean, is that is Duke Mayo a sponsor? I don't. I'm very confused. I think so. I think they'd have to be. I just want to know what what Duke Mayo is. But uh, Georgia and Clemson are playing in that game, so that will be a great uh, top five matchup. Oh, Duke's yeah. Mayo Classic, excuse me. So I guess Duke's Mayo is a brand. <laughs> it is, yeah. yes. Duke's they had something mayonnaise. else recently. Yeah. Mm, you can buy mayonnaise. it at Walmart, Amazon. <laughs> I could buy it nowhere because I don't care for mayonnaise. Ugh. Uh, wow. <laughs> third largest mayo brand in the U.S., Oh, wow. Started um, in South Carolina. That checks out. Ooh. That's 1917. A, uh, for the trivia fans listening, <laughs> these are good facts. Sorry. Uh, no one probably debate. cares to know the That's history true. of this mayo company, but I was just like, do. Duke's Mayo Bowl. What is this? The people were asking. The streets were wondering. Yes. So that'll be fun. Also, some interesting news today. The Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC, this is how exactly how the release was worded, have officially announced an alliance, which sounds like we're talking about the show Survivor. (laughs) (laughs) The wording of this was just very interesting, and I don't know who wrote it, but I was like, what? So... They're teaming up to work together on football scheduling, uh, playoff expansion, and NCAA governance issues. So, I, supposedly, it's for the 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 uh, benefit of the student athletes to ensure that they're, um, you know, being put first, essentially. <laughs> Which al- is good. This alliance. Uh, so. It, it's good that they are they're putting this they say they're putting the student athlete first that's important um 
for folks who are just tuning in or they missed because we kind of did like an erratic amount of like pods in the last couple of weeks. Cause like it's been the Olympics and that's kind of it oh, and MLB, but we never talked <laughs> about that. So, um, uh, if, again, if you're a new listener, we don't really talk about baseball. Um, but, but we kind of touched on how, um, the university of Texas and the university of Oklahoma are going to join the sec starting in 2025. Mm-hmm. And in response, and so they're leaving the Big 12. It was a big thing. I mean, people are still hot about it for various reasons, and I think it's fair. I think it's fair to want to be upset about it because it was kind of for a money grab. Um, Spencer Hall got on to, like, the ESPN Daily podcast and was like, it like it makes sense for them because it adds value to their programs in, in terms of, like, monetary value. And being in the Big 12 was kind of, like, bringing them down. But me being a Wyoming fan, me being a Mountain West fan, I don't see, I mean, like all of these schools have a lot of money. If you're a power five conference, you're a power five team, you have a lot of money. If you're Texas and Oklahoma with great branding, like people know who you are globally, like, okay, you have good money. But I think of when Utah and TCU left the Mountain West and they did it for money. So Utah went to the Pac-12, TCU went to the, uh, Utah went to the Big Ten um, and TCU went to the big 12 and they both went for money. And I think that's fair. And they both went because like the conferences were power five. So they came from, um, group of five conferences and like, I, it, it makes sense, but it also, it's like, man, you kind of miss this opportunity to really like cultivate this other conference and make it super competitive because Boise was on the up. Um, and then both of those teams bounce and other teams within the conference, have had like competitive years, but they would have like, I think maintained that consistency and the competitiveness. They would have like the coaches would have wanted to stay, which then would have made the recruiting better because they would have been in a more competitive conference. No, they wouldn't have been in the sec, but like, I don't know. I don't know if that's like the goal of every coach because you don't, not every coach can go to the sec, but that's neither here nor there. So Texas, Oklahoma leave or planning to leave the big 12, for like the money, of course, mm-hmm. my issue with all of it. And even if they said, Oh, well, it's for the student athletes. They're only talking about the football players <laughs> and they're only talking about football programs and how that's impacted. Like yeah. Oklahoma has a really great wrestling program. They have a great gymnastics program. Texas has great track and field, great swim and dive. And I would assume that they are like holistically are going to go join the SEC because it wouldn't make sense for them to be across conferences. Um, I say this again for folks who don't know at schools who are not necessarily in like power five conferences or their conference doesn't have certain sports, they can do it through a different conference. So the university of Wyoming has a wrestling team. That's part of the big 12. So does South Dakota state. And of course, like, Oklahoma and Texas really sh- probably shouldn't have to do that. The SEC has almost every team, from what I understand. I can't imagine any of the schools have a ski team. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> I feel like but. that's very much a Pac-12 school thing, is to have a team that does any type of skiing. Um, so, yeah. So that's the tea, That's the background on all of that and why the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC are like, ah, oh, we've announced an alliance. Yes. So – 
uh, it's kind of funny because in this release, uh, they said the forming of the alliance is not a quote unquote reaction to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. Sure. But like, yeah. Um, they're saying that, you know, this is to evaluate what's going on in the greater landscape of college athletics, which is kind of a response to what just happened. Um, but they basically said that like they're concerned that ESPN controls and dictates too much of um, sports, football, obviously, specifically. But they also said this alliance is to um, keep the interests of athletes participating in all sports at the forefront, not just football. And according to the article that The Athletic put out, the alliance is built on trust and does not have a legally binding contract, according to the commissioners, (laughs) which I thought was kind of funny. But... uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know, kind of interesting, interesting news. I thought the the way everything was kind of worded and portrayed was kind of funny. In general, it's just like a kind of, it's kind it made, of silly. It made me think of The Office where where it's like, would you like to form an alliance? <laughs> I think it's like Dwight says that or something. Or maybe it's Jim and Dwight together. I don't I can't remember, but. Would you like but, to form an alliance with yes, me? Yes, that, that was just the first thing that came came to mind but kind of silly it's i mean like i think that's an appropriate thing to think about for this because what like they should have included any other conference because i like i'm wondering if they were kind of in the like doing this in hopes of like hey we are very much against like a super conference which this is a, a very Emily Cornell and I'm sure many college sports fans take of like, yeah, we should like <laughs> maintain the integrity of college athletics by having all these different conferences because it gets these schools to have opportunities to compete. Like they can actually compete against all the other schools in the conference. And also this is like what I love about college athletics, the rivalries. So if you keep doing all these realignments, like, yeah, you can say, we, we have to have the, the Georgia-Florida line, or game, or we have to have the, I don't know, Iowa and Iowa State, they still do their, the Cyhawk game, even though they're in different conferences. And you have to be intentional about scheduling those. I think it's, a, it, and let's say Iowa is like, I don't want to look bad being part of the Big Ten, which is, you know, people are like, oh, the Big Ten's better than the Big 12, blah, 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 blah. But then Iowa State is really strong. Like, Iowa State's ranked pretty, like, their preseason polls, they are ranked pretty high, and they're getting a lot of praise. Um, like, maybe they are like, no, maybe we're going to stop trying to, like, schedule with them. And be- because we don't have to, because we're no longer in the same conference. I don't think that'll happen there. Um but it could like that's something that I could see happening with all of this different like realignment that might happen, or you know, if Texas and uh, Texas A and M don't have a game when Texas joins the SEC, it's kind of like wow, you kind of missed out on an opportunity there. Um, and of course, Texas has to play Oklahoma. 
I don't know. There's so much to it. And so these three conferences, there's there's so much to unpack with this. And no one's talking about all these things. All they're talking about is how angry they are, which rightly so, or kind of making fun of it. But I'm like, there's so much more to this. Like it is a business. Like first and foremost, it's a business, but also think about like the lines of the business, not just the overall, like, oh yes, the SEC, it's a big conference that makes a lot of money, but like those big games that like make the money for certain schools. Like, you, yeah, you should be thinking about that. And I don't know. It's, there's so much to unpack. And the, this non-binding alliance is like kind of a cupcake response. But that's, I, I think because I'm seeing it as them saying this now, but because it's non-binding, they could say like, oh, well, we're going to like break up all these different conferences or break up our conferences and like the Big Ten and the ACC kind of, they merge a little bit, like some of their teams all get together and then some of the Big Ten teams end up like, I don't think it makes sense for like Nebraska to join the Pac-12, but like that could happen and they rebrand it like if any more schools further east join the Pac-12, they have to call it something different because it's no longer the Pac-12. <laughs> yeah. and, and it can't even be, like, the mountain anything because once you bring in anything in, like, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, that's not Pac, that's not mountain, like, that's... And, like, I mean, like, UCLA and USC aren't in the mountains. They're not in the mountains, so, like... no. Even existing teams in the conference already don't fit the mountain bill. So, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> we'll see if they expand at all. But, well, Colorado doesn't fit the Pacific. No. Or don't. Utah. Not They're Utah. double landlocked states. Yeah. Or landlocked states. Colorado's yeah. double landlocked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh, so, it's ridiculousness. There's that. <laughs> uh, in. We have a horse racing update. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a video that was going around of a racehorse in Kentucky. Um, It noped out of a race, as Emily likes to say. Uh, It was during the post parade. So they were going to the starting gate. And all of a sudden, the horse just kind of stopped and like, reared its legs and the jockey fell off the back and then the horse dramatically like fell over and rolled and (laughs) ran away (laughs) and the horse got away from the racetrack and ended up across state lines in indiana running the wrong way on a highway which is very dangerous uh but yeah a sheriff was able to stop her and get her reunited i guess with the owner but the horse's name is bold and bossy which she seems to to fit her name i guess absolutely (laughs) but yeah just very chaotic energy that she was bringing apparently that day i love that i love that we're also becoming a horse podcast for all the different (laughs) types of horse things happening in sports there's weirdly a lot of a lot of things that have come up lately I'm not against it. That could be our niche. <laughs> so there's that. Right. What is uh, your game of the week? Well, as we kicked things off, I was very excited. College football starting. 
pumped, so pumped. It starts on Saturday, as Emily said. And I, being the basic West Co- Western conference of any school, um, I'm very excited. So I'm, I'm picking the Hawaii-UCLA game. I'm hoping Hawaii gets the win because I'm a Mountain West fan and Stan. And um, I've recently been turned against UCLA. So unless it's their gymnastics. Uh, so that's my game of the week. What's your game of the week? Um, well, I don't have a game. It's more of an event and it has nothing to do with sports. Uh, I don't know. I just, there was nothing sports wise that I was like excited about this week, really. So, um, my event of the week slash next week is Bachelor in Paradise. It's the dumbest show ever. Maybe not ever, but it's pretty dumb. And, uh, it has not been a letdown yet so far this season. Good. Uh, the entire month of August, actually, it is on Mondays and Tuesdays for two hours each day. What a blessing. So it's like watching two movies every week, basically, for a whole the whole month of August, if you really want to spend a lot of time probably losing brain cells. But it's very entertaining and makes you feel better about probably whatever you have going on in your life. <laughs> you will it's not good for a of loving The Bachelor in Paradise and The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Like, if it makes you happy, maybe it's not killing your brain cells. It's just, like, it's helping your brain relax from all the different things going on in the world. That's what it is doing. That's definitely what it's doing. And they have new hosts this season. And Ooh. it's pretty good. So David Spade did Ooh. the first uh, – well, actually, I think at this point he's still, still hosting. But they basically have three guest hosts that are – like doing different parts of the season. So David Spade's got the first part and he's pretty funny and dry, dry sense of humor. And then Lil John is another one. Oh my um, God, what? <laughs> big fan of Lil John, actually. Uh, my family used to watch Celebrity Apprentice, which now is like a taboo <laughs> thing to talk about. But um, I don't know. I always just like kind of the business side of the show and seeing like what these celebrities did in these business challenges and Lil John was amazing at that show like he is definitely a big big businessman and I was like impressed you're a very creative person and then the third one is Titus uh from Kimmy Schmidt that that actor and he's just wonderful so um I think it'll be more fun than than years past as a result of that alone but uh yes (laughs) It's good. It's good for a laugh. There's a lot of bloopers and dumb things that happen. So that's all. Um, man, that almost makes me want to get into it and watch that. <laughs> it, I don't know. I think it's entertaining, especially if you watch it on DVR, because then you aren't actually watching it for four hours a week. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What I I. I'm sorry. I had spent a long time trying to think of one. I don't have a hot take this week. Maybe something will come up as we talk, but uh, what is your hot take this week? Well, so, okay. I went to New Orleans. Emily knew this. We, you know, we chat before and after we do any of the podcasts. So we talked through all of that. And um, a drink that I, lots of people said to try. I didn't like it. It was Mm. not good. My travel companion was like, maybe it was just a bad one. I'm like, no, this was just straight liquor. I don't want to try this ever again. (laughs) The drink is the Sazerac, and it sounds fun. It sounds good. 
Oh, no, sounds it doesn't. Sounds kind of fancy. Well, like, like, no, it doesn't actually sound good. But... I mean, like, the name's <laughs> fancy, but I'm looking at what's in it, and this sounds disgusting. It, um, oh my goodness gracious. Like, I got it, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this thing. Multiple people were like, you got to try the different drinks. And of the two of us, um, I was the only one who drinks, so, like, I tried all. I tried a Hurricane. That was great. Tried some rum punch. That was fine. Actually, that was really good. Um, and then I was like, all right, I'll try the thing that everyone says to try. <laughs> that was like drinking kerosene. Yeah. Like, so it for was a people, bad time. For people who don't know, I didn't know until just now, but uh, it's from New Orleans and the ingredients are cognac or rye whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, absinthe. Yep. And a sugar cube with lemon peel. Or some, I guess, variation of that. But yeah, that just not that just sounds like you're drinking rubbing alcohol. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Like <laughs> I couldn't even you know in college when you get like cheap drinks that you're like, I just gotta chug this and like make it. Yeah. And just it'll be fine. Like you if it's a well like vodka soda, you're just like, all right, well, this vodka is not good, but if I just get through the first one, everything will be fine. Um I wouldn't put another one of these in my body. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I think I can breathe fire now. Um, So if if that's how you want to feel, by all means, get after it. But (laughs) me and my people will not drink this nasty cough syrup type beverage. And that's my hot take because people love this beverage and they love to get it in New Orleans. And I liked everything about the trip except this drink. Okay, I guess I do have a hot take related to this. Um, whiskey sours. So, <laughs> this is a couple years ago, but before COVID, I was visiting my brother in Seattle, and we went out to some bars with um, his roommates and um, had been having whiskey sevens, and I think there was a miscommunication with the bartender. Uh, it was at Ryan House in Seattle, <laughs> and they served whiskey they served us whiskey sours but it was like straight up like they just squeezed lemon juice like a shot worth of lemon juice into a glass with whiskey it was disgusting it was so tart um but my hot take is that i just i think whiskey sours are overrated i know people really like them i just don't I don't know. I just don't really understand the appeal. I guess they're they're too sour for me. Even the good ones. I'm not really a fan, but it's a very popular drink to order. I am not adventurous enough to try a whiskey sour, but nothing about it has enticed me. I really just sold it there, so. You did. You did. I'm sure someone's going to tweet at us or write us an e- Please don't write us an email that's mean. Um, but if you do tweet at us, we'll just, like, expose you. Um, if you're, people will be like, this is a great beverage. And we'll be like, no, get an amaretto sour. If you're going to get anything that's a sour, cause it's sweet and sour and delicious. I think maybe what happened with the whiskey sour is that there was no sweetener in it whatsoever. Like normally Ugh. there's simple syrup and it just tasted like bourbon and lemon juice. And it was not, not good, but, um, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> out on the whiskey sours. An assault on the senses. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Don't love that. Well, to cleanse the palate, what's your wine of the week? <laughs> it's a great transition. Uh, 
I was in Wenatchee, Washington over the weekend, and there are a lot of wineries there, uh, a lot of tasting rooms. It's like Columbia Valley wine. So pretty much if you get Washington wine anywhere, it's from the Columbia Valley for the most part. And that's like stuff you can find anywhere in the country. Um, but there was this like little uh, tasting room that we went to called Crayel, and they had um, – really good red wine called Salto de Fe, which means leap of faith in Italian, which is just kind of a fun name. Um, that was my favorite one that I had this weekend. But uh, yeah, if you've never like gone to a tasting room for a winery, it's a good, good way to go. Like typically it's not like the tastings aren't that expensive. And then if you decide to buy a bottle, a lot of times they waive your tasting fee, which is, I don't know. I've never had a, a tasting be more than like $15. I think this was $10. Um, so it's like, well, you get to sample a bunch of wine, pick one that you actually know you're going to like because you tried it. And then like your tasting experience goes towards the price of your wine. So that's nice. Yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. But what about you? So again, Wandering about the streets of New Orleans was not getting crazy for anyone who thought that might be the case. Um, stumbled upon a bar, which is very easy in the French Quarter. You <laughs> throw something and you hit a bar or a park. There are so many nice little parks. Anyways, um, cool. it yeah, it like it's super enjoyable and it's so green and it's very pretty. So if you haven't been, it's very affordable. This is my plug for New Orleans. It's an affordable trip, and there's lots to eat and lots to drink. And lots to walk around and see. You know, a lot of good history. Um, so we were just walking and we came across this bar. I was like, ah, this looks like a fun bar. Let's go in. And I didn't know what to get. And I think I said out loud, here's what I forget wearing masks. Uh, people can hear you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like talking to myself. I'm like, oh, I wonder what their special is for this bar. And the bartender is like, there isn't one. And I'm like, oh, hey, I thought that was only to me. Uh, but he's like, but we have like a frosé. And I'm like, oh, I would like, and, and a frozen Irish coffee. Lots of frozen Irish coffee options. Um, lots of Irish folks ended up in New Orleans. Fun fact. Hmm. And yeah, it like, lots of people from all over ended up in New Orleans. We learned the difference between Creole and Cajun. Um, basically, Creole is like fancy Parisian uh, of you okay. know Louisiana, and then Cajun is like the country. So like Got when it. I I understood it best when it came to like food. So like in a lot of well, Paris was a good example. So a lot of French food dishes. You know, it's a lot of like it's a labor of love to make the food. Mm-hmm. And so for Cajun, it's not. It's like oh, I'm going to put all these things in a pot and let it cook outside all day. And it's no longer like you just chop everything and throw it in. You don't have to keep tending to it throughout the day to be like, oh, is this okay? Did I make sure I like did this in the right order to make sure everything cooks correctly? Like, so that so there's a difference between Cajun and Creole food, um, and and it's kind of fun and the history is cool. Anyway, that's like very much getting away from this bar where they were like, here's a frosé. I think <laughs> it's the best frosé I've ever had in my life. Ooh, high praise. The, like it, it is. Um, 
I get froze regularly. My roommate brought me a fr- for people in Austin. Joe's Coffee has a f- like froze on happy hour every day. It's five dollars. It's really good, and you get free queso with it randomly. Oh wow, that sounds perfect, right? <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. But this froze was like it was like ten dollars for like a pretty big froze. And it had, you know how like a lot of frozen drinks can get, they feel like you're drinking an icy, like it's, you, you suck the yeah. flavor out and then it's just like ice. Mm-hmm. Nope. It was like creamy, but good. It like had a really good texture hmm. and didn't like lose the flavor. And it was sweet, but not too sweet. Oh man. I will be dreaming about, dreaming about this rosé for the rest of my life. I love that. Uh, so <laughs> Betty's Bar. It's it's great. It looks like they have uh, drag shows on the weekends. So if you find yourself on the weekend in the morning for brunch, get that get it then. It's so good. Oh my goodness! It's a good recommendation. Yeah, high praise. Um, <laughs> after that plug, do you have any personal plugs? Uh, no, don't okay. think so. Unless there's anything people want us to talk about, send it in. Oh yeah, because we're about I to get it. into. It. I get one request I need to talk to you about. It's a very uh, niche sport that I did not know exists, so we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Ooh, we'll talk about it offline. I'm excited for that. Okay. <laughs> I like that. We're, I mean, we'll fit it in. We're As we just said, we started this with college football and only talked really about college football, so um, that's about to be a big thing for us for the next couple months, which is, like, exciting and so weird to be at – college football season yeah nfl regular season will be here soon too (sighs) yeah the sports are happening the well the football is happening yes Um, wow not ready for it but you know it works and if you want to get your sports fix be sure to check out the tailgate society.com and I mean, we're pushing out content this week. It was two things that featured Ted Lasso. One was focused on Ted Lasso. One mentioned Ted Lasso. And we stand Ted Lasso here. Great show. Great show. Like, if you haven't watched it, you should go watch it. If you need something to feel good, you should watch Ted Lasso. And Roy Kent will be your hero. And you can read about that. Haley Moon wrote all about how Roy Kent is the best character on television. So check out the content from the Dalegate Society and listen to the podcasts. Um, and yeah, you'll be hearing more because we're getting into that time where all the sports are about to start again. Yep. Uh, in our bigger than sports, um, there was a 20 year old Polish javelin thrower. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce her last name, but her first name is Maria. And I should be able to do this since it's eastern european but uh she auctioned off her 2020 olympic silver medal to fund an an urgent open or urgent heart surgery for an eighth month old baby uh which is pretty incredible for someone that age to do yeah that's it's super like that's so selfless and like it was just like a stranger like it wasn't someone that she knew that you yeah, know, which a family member or something or friends, whatever. But yeah, like that's what makes it so like, man, to just be like, yeah, I'm gonna sell this and just help someone. Like, man, that's incredible. Because um, she worked so hard to get to the Olympics and then just have to sell it. 
But she got to keep it, right? Yes. So the it was like a company that bought it, it sounded like, but they returned it to her. Yeah. Like she she made the offer and then she ended up getting to keep it because whoever bought it was like, no, no, no. We'll just give the money, help this kid, and then you get to keep your medal. So that's just like, oh, people doing the right thing. (laughs) Yeah, very nice. We love to see it. If you see any good bigger than sports moments, send them our way. We love a good sports moment. Everyone needs it right now. Like we are not immune to the news. We might not talk about the news, but like send any good things. We know that the feel good stuff is important. Hence the love of Ted Lasso. Yeah. One of my friends, I have been telling her to watch it and she like doesn't care about soccer at all, which you don't need to, No, but uh, she started watching it and she was like, oh my gosh, why didn't I not watch this sooner? And she's obsessed with Roy Kent. <laughs> so I'm getting lots of texts that she's like watched every episode, <laughs> which has been fun. <laughs> so. Um, oh, oh, we'll have to do a Ted Lasso episode too. We'll have to talk offline over. too, because something that you predicted, I think may be happening and I'm not, not a big fan of it. So. No! I know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about it. It was like life. a super subtle moment. I feel like not many people probably picked up on it, but I was like, oh, really? So, uh, yes. We'll- so I watched Ted Lasso with my because it came out Friday and we were in New Orleans. So we watched it. That was that was baked into our planning. We were like, we have to watch okay, the new perfect. Ted Lasso. So we that. watched it and talked through this, and we were like, oh, what's going to happen? What? Uh, mm, because neither one of us want that to happen. No. Um, at that moment I was like oh I'm always not gonna be happy <laughs> but I was but like you you called no. it I think no I think that they're it's a it's a fake I think they're they're trying to like fake us out I hope so but all that to say <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll talk off we'll talk offline sounds good <laughs> other than that that's all I've got this week in terms of sports I think that wraps it up. All right. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you next week about college football. Get excited. And Emily, sports and courts.